0: because really we're talking about nervous system. Anxiety is a product, and especially when we're talking about people who struggle with addiction. Not always, but often there's trauma, there is addiction in the family. So your nervous system is wired to be in the sympathetic nervous system, so you're in that fight or flight. So it's not your fault. It's taking that and regulating into the parasympathetic nervous system, which often too is really uncomfortable. It takes a lot to get comfortable with not being in fight or flight because we get addicted to that. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank.
1: Welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I am pleased to be joined today by Jamie Whitney, marriage and family therapist. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on today. I want to talk with you about anxiety and depression in recovery. But first, I want to find out a little bit about you, you as your therapist, you as a therapist, and you in life, and kind of how to deal with anxiety and depression in recovery.
0: Yeah. I'm very familiar with that personally. And with my clients, I would say a hundred percent of my clients have anxiety and or depression. Um, but to back up, I am a marriage and family therapist. My practice is in Hermosa beach. Um, I am originally from Kentucky and have kind of made my way out West um, over the years, went to grad school out here and um have been in recovery for 11 years. Um, I got sober in New York and then moved here um, a few years after. So it's all been part of my recovery journey um, that has sort of led me to get into this helping and healing profession.
1: You know, Jamie, you, you being in recovery and a therapist, I think really helps because you've been through the experience, right? And I, I think that um, many people say, well, you know, of course there's going to be anxiety. There's going to be depression maybe when you come into early sobriety, when you first come in. Um, but then as the years go on and you go through life recovered, Uh, things pop up where you might have more stress, more anxiety. You might feel a little bit depressed, but how do you know if anxiety and depression is really becoming an issue? That's not just a general overall day-to-day life anxiety that everybody might be facing.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say that I didn't know that I had anxiety until I got sober, even though I've been vibrating with anxiety my whole life. I didn't recognize that's what it was. Um, I think each person has their own journey with it. And I have clients who I can so clearly see their anxiety, but for them, it's a negative word and has a negative connotation. So they don't want to admit that they're anxious. So, um, you know, I think any mental health condition um, and addiction, it really is based on how much distress it causes you. So if the distress is so much that you can't function in your daily life and you can't sit still and you can't avoid having panic attacks, I mean, that's sort of the thing with anxiety as it progresses often to that level of panic attack. And the anxiety itself is so interesting because that's not um, an emotion. It's the avoidance of. So really helping clients sort of explore that piece. Um, is often kind of the most helpful. Um, but in terms of recovery, what I love, there's this Dr. Gabor Mate, who's an addiction medicine uh, specialist, and he says, it's not why the addiction, it's why the it pain. Mm-hmm. So sort of helping people look at that, um, what is causing Distracted. Yeah
1: you bring up pain and you know I, I I know so many people who have long-term sobriety and suffer from addiction, uh, they've suffered from addiction but they also suffer from anxiety. They're sober they've been sober for years, have great lives, right but still have really bad problems I would say with anxiety and depression. Um, and it seems to almost be the pandemic for people in recovery. I mean, I would say an overwhelming amount of people that I know have more anxiety or suffer from anxiety attacks or anxiety issues and or depression in recovery. Do you find that kind of goes hand to hand hand in hand?
0: I think it can. I mean, for me, I have to be doing therapy as well. I can't just be working the program. I have to work the program and I have to work with a therapist because <clears throat> a sponsor is just to take you through the steps. I think there is some gray areas that kind of get missed in recovery where the sponsor and your fellows become your therapist. And I think that's a big mess because we're not trained, they're not trained to do that. So I think the step work uncovers and helps us discover, and discard. But I think there is stuff, especially when it comes to trauma, that is really nuanced. And when you dig up trauma, and you don't have the proper supports around it, it can be really detrimental. So I do think some of the anxiety and depression can be related to that. Um, and especially when we get to the four step and not having enough Support. I mean, it's really incredible. But as we're learning more about trauma and the effect it has on us, it is really kind of eye opening with that.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned that, because I think that there's so many people that have are in 12 step programs or in another community type of program um, where they're working a spiritual program. And at the end of it, and they've done all the work and they, they've they've stayed sober and they've really have really done the deal, right? Uh, but still have problems with anxiety and depression and feel a sense of shame or, a, or a, like a failure. Like they really have, well, maybe something's wrong with me spiritually. Maybe, you know, maybe that there is, uh, maybe I didn't do it right, right? Maybe I'm not as sober as I should be. Right. And, and looking back now, like when, when you kind of third eye that it's kind of ridiculous, but that I would say that's a common feeling with people who suffer from anxiety and depression in the rooms.
0: Yeah. And I get such a visceral reaction talking about that because for me, medication has always been a part, even pre sobriety. And I know there are people who believe that you shouldn't need medication and it makes my blood boil because we're not doctors. And if it is something that is prescribed that is going to help actually make it easier for you to get in touch with what's going on, then what's the problem? You know, I think yeah. it takes the edge off. There is a physiological component to this as well.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I see a lot of damage being done in 12-step groups where – um, people really have done the deal. They really have put in the work. Um, they're working with others. They're 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 really doing it right, but yet have this uh, untreated anxiety or depression. And you talk a lot about the steps and spiritual work and things. And you know that drudges up past traumas, things that maybe a twelve step program or even a church group or anything else really don't have the tools to deal with. And I think. Part of it, I think, is being a a responsible member of any kind of recovery community. You have to identify when maybe it's not that. Maybe somebody needs more help and more coaching, therapy, a doctor, something else besides what's going on. When do you know? What would be your advice as as a therapist to say, hey, you know what? This isn't regular Run of the mill life anxiety and depression. This isn't just a seasonal depression that's come up because the weather's bad or something, right? This is something that maybe should be looked at.
0: Yeah. When it's pervasive, when it impacts your relationships, your ability to interact in your life, to do daily tasks, to, you know, find the same types of activities enjoyable that you've always done. And when you have, done whatever is prescribed, you've done the work, and you're still not feeling better. You know, I think it's it's up to each person um, to sort of decide what their pain tolerance is.
1: Yeah, with COVID, you know, I find in the news headlines all the time, you can just turn on the radio or turn on the TV, go to the internet, you're going to see never ending articles about anxiety and depression with everyone being locked up. Mm-hmm. Not being able to uh, really kind of have relationships the same way that did that people did before the pandemic, um, but with people in recovery, this has a, a, a bigger. It's a bigger issue because community is the way that most people stay sober long term. I think you would would agree with that. What What are some extra signs that you've been seeing from people that are in the rooms? What What do they tend to be suffering from now? Uh, regarding anxiety and depression that that we've been going through all these lockdowns with covid
0: i think the isolation you know that is something that it's it's hard to break that especially i mean thank god for zoom and that we have the opportunity to connect but it's just not the same yeah so You know, I see a lot of people really distancing themselves from the program because they don't like Zoom meetings or they're not connecting the same way. And, um, you know, I I find that it's really uh, frustrating for a lot of people because you don't get sort of scooped up in the same way and held. Um, So there's there's more frustration. I think there's definitely more depression um, and just not having that recognition in the same way.
1: Yeah, I find that, you know, just going through daily life, talking to somebody at the store, you know, going to the dry cleaners, running into your neighbor and stuff, those those things that would, you know, I guess would enhance your serotonin levels. Right. Just give you a sense of connection and being part of a community have kind of been stripped away. And I think that the maybe the differences with people that are in recovery, uh, their go to might be using drugs or alcohol Mm -hmm. as opposed to. Somebody maybe just having a bad couple of weeks that suffers from depression, or maybe more isolating, the results can be a little bit more dramatic uh, for people that are in recovery.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And sort of on the flip side of that, I think there's going to be um, a reentry phase that's also going to be challenging. I think for people who can be natural isolators, it has been nice in a way and then to kind of reengage kind of full on is going to have some repercussions too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the um the anxiety of going back and interacting with people is almost worse than the isolation of not being able to interact with people.
0: Right. right. Do you hug? Do you shake hands? Like what what do you do?
1: The whole social not- construct of it all. Yeah. So you, so you talk openly about your, uh, your recovery and your fight with anxiety. You know, most people are going to ask, look, you're a therapist, you're trained, you deal with this day to day, right? How, how do you get over this? How, how do you get over a really bad anxiety or depression disorder, uh, when you're in recovery and you know, you're doing the deal maybe with 12 steps, you're doing the thing, but you just, you've been haunted by this over and over. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal experience with it and how do you manage this?
0: Yeah, it's really challenging. I don't think you necessarily get over it. I think you learn what your triggers are. You learn ways that work for you. Um, I can say for me, and I found this late in my recovery process, Meditation has been pretty life changing, and I was very adamant for most of my sobriety that it wouldn't work for me because I have ADD and I'm, you know, moving too fast, and I can't sit down and blah, blah, blah. and um, I don't do it perfectly, but I try to do it at least every day, um, and I can definitely say that it's made a difference. It gives me more pause, and for someone like me to have that pause helps. depression and my anxiety, because I can so easily um, react and cause more issues. Um, But, you know, I think it's just accepting that this is going to be part of my life and noticing when something triggers it. And, you know, it kind of goes back to some of the basics, like halt, you know, am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Am I not saying something that I need to be saying? Am I overworked? Am I... You know, hanging out with people who I love, but maybe they're taking too much of my energy. You know, it's like really kind of nuanced in what works for me, and just getting in touch, and that takes a long time to kind of be in tune with what you actually need.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's a it's a it just like a recovery. It's a journey, right? With anxiety, I know from my personal experience, I had been recovered for a long period of time and had really suffered from major anxiety. And although on the outside, I was living a very high performance life, doing things on the inside, I had a tremendous amount of anxiety that was chipping away at my life, right? And I had been trying to work a 12-step program and all that other stuff to kind of deal with that. And I'm not going to say that that didn't help a little bit. It did. There's some, there's some things that I think overlap, um, but there's a lot of things that don't Overlap right, um, and I, I like what you said about that. It's a journey that you're not just going to get rid of. Just like you're not going to get rid of addiction. You're, you know, it's a, you're always going to be an alcoholic if you're an alcoholic, right? Uh, but you can live with it and still live and still have a wonderful and great recovered life.
0: Yeah, and for me, you know, I like to talk about whack a mole because yeah, I don't drink, but my ism comes out in all these different areas. And I'm constantly trying to manage that. So just because I don't drink and I've worked a program doesn't mean that what led me to use something to get outside of myself is gone.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So it's sort of managing that on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. And I think you also mentioned too about just chemically, some people are anxious, you know, like I, you know, I, I, I felt that I was that person for a long period of time, right? Like I, I felt I was just an anxious person. Um, I don't it after years of, you know, therapy and meditation and 12 steps and dealing with stuff. I don't really consider myself an anxious person anymore. But that was I would say maybe a 10 year journey right? Eight year journey into being able to do this. Now I will have times where I feel anxious um, and I have to deal with that just like I would um, if I had things that I saw that addiction thinking was kind of creeping back in. There are things to do to deal with it. What would you tell people who are suffering from anxiety and depression right now? What are some first steps that they can take to help to start improving their life?
0: I think- Talk about it. Talk about it with others. Talk about it with a trusted professional. Acknowledge it. It's not something to be ashamed of. Um, And often when we talk about it, it takes the power out of it. That's why therapy works. That's why 12-step programs work. That's why community groups, when we get it out of our body, it takes that power out of it. And somebody can reflect back to us sometimes something that they might see or sometimes we can figure it out as we're we're talking about it um
1: yeah i think that yeah one of the reasons why i want to do this show with you is that is to kind of dispel the myth that um that if you have addiction uh issues and you've been and you've been dealing with them successfully that that's going to automatically erase any kind of anxiety or depression that, that that you might have and that it's okay to be able to say, Hey, you know what? I've done this. I've done the 12 steps. I've been, maybe even you've been to therapists or coaches and counselors. You've done things, you've done spiritual things, you're doing meditation, but you still have anxiety that that's okay. That there's nothing wrong with you. You didn't do anything wrong necessarily. You didn't, you know, not work the steps correctly. And I think that there's that, there's that huge myth out there. And I, I mean, wouldn't you agree that, that that hurts people from really being able to live their best recovered life?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it just makes me think of like wanting to have more education out there because really we're talking about nervous system, anxiety as a product. And especially when we're talking about people who struggle with addiction, not always, but often there's trauma, there is addiction in the family. So your nervous system is wired to be in the sympathetic nervous system. So you're in that fight or flight. So it's not your fault. It's taking that and down regulating into the parasympathetic nervous system, which often too is really uncomfortable. It takes a lot to get comfortable with not being in fight or flight because we get addicted to that. So that's where meditation comes in helpful. That's where utilizing um, therapists and other people to sort of help reflect back to you can come in handy, but it's a process. It doesn't just happen. You can't just switch off. Yeah.
1: You know, I love what you're talking about with the fight or flight. You know, I, I remember the first time, the first day that I did not have that. (laughs) And I, I was looking around and I go, this is how the rest of the world lives. It was so shocking to me. And, you know, and at that time I had been sober, I, you know, decades. Like, so, you know, it, it was not that I had anxiety like that every day, but for the most part, I had general anxiety, right? And the first time that I didn't have that and I could actually start thinking clearly, what really happened was the, the work that I was doing in 12 Step, the spiritual stuff, the meditation, that became even better, It actually started to work more effectively Mm -hmm. with other issues in my life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just to shift back to COVID, the analogy sort of comes up, I think, why um, it has been so detrimental is because we've all been going a million miles an hour and it's like the car slams to a stop and everything flies forward because Mm -hmm. a lot of us are distracting from what we're really feeling because it's really painful. And so when we're left to sit with whatever's there, but not really kind of understanding what it is, the anxiety and the depression really come up along with not having that connection that we're used to.
1: Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If they want to find out more about you and your work, how can they do that?
0: You can go to my website, which is beachcities, it's C-I-T-I-E-S, psych, uh, dot com.
1: Jamie, thanks so much. We're going to make sure that we have everything in the show notes. Jamie's also in recoveredlife.us, so you can join the conversation there as well. Thanks so much, Jamie.
0: Thank you. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.